Welcome back, everybody. I am Cass Piancy, and I am here with my buddy, as usual, Bennett Tomlin. How you doing? I'm doing well. Excellent. I'm not doing bad anymore. I'm over my fatigue and nausea from the vaccine. Today, we're going to be talking about criticism and concern taking a backseat to joy and celebration and a super spreader event in Miami this past week. It seems apt to bring up this topic that everyone was discussing before Miami, which was shillfluencers or influencers that shill their bags and don't really disclose it, that they have bags or that they've been paid in dollars or equity to shill these shitcoins, low-cap shitcoins. After the Miami conference, it seems like all has been forgiven and forgotten. And all the, the people with the high numbers of followers in their accounts have spoken for the community at large and said, like, look, as long as you don't do this anymore, everything is okay now. And the story has fallen on the wayside. So I think it's important for us to bring it back because I think there's a lot going on there to unpack and that it isn't all forgiven and forgotten. Yeah, yeah. I mean, crypto does tend to have the memory of a goldfish. And so without people reminding them of what happened a couple weeks ago, they tend to forget. Let's talk about it. So there was a huge, a couple huge drops before Miami. I think the first one that we should talk about at length is Trayvon James. And it's not just Trayvon James. I, I don't want to just call him out. There was four other people, I think, involved in the New York Attorney General SEC thing. But the, the main point of this action was about influencers online using reflinks and their influence, their power to make money. And that's an ongoing issue, right? This is not something that is gone since BitConnect. But let's talk about BitConnect, what that case means, what it means for the people involved in BitConnect, and what it could mean for people in the future. I think the most important thing that this SEC announcement shows is that there are potential consequences for shilling these shitcoins, effectively, when you uh, have gotten cash, have gotten some kind of reward in kind that you didn't disclose. And I think the reason that that's notable is because of just how many people are doing things like that in crypto. And so right now, it's only the five or so people or whatever who were named in the SEC uh, suit. But there's a vast number more than that who could potentially have identical suits brought against them for with only the name of the coin substituted in the brief. We won't mention any names right now. I think there's some stand uh, standouts. So if, if we do drop a couple names here and there, that's because they've been called out publicly already. The point that was driven home with this was that if you're making money by discussing stuff on the internet to your followers, then you're liable for that, right? And you need to disclose it. Either you disclose it, you tell people beforehand so they know your position, or if you don't do that, then there's going to be problems. So I think that many of these influencers probably feel like because crypto is a largely unregulated space and that these aren't traditional equities, these aren't traditional securities, that they're not bound by the same expectations CFAs or other people would have. And so they're willing to go well outside the bounds of what traditional uh, finance professionals would be doing. And so you see them totally willing to take a portion of the coins in exchange for shilling it. Or you see something like Soldier Boy, 
where he even tweeted out that he was getting paid 24K if he made this tweet about safer Mars. And so I think a lot of that happens is because there's this fiction in crypto that it's not bound by the same set of regulations that traditional financial products are. Ironically, the fact that Soldier Boy tweeted out that he was getting paid to mention Safer Mars made it far more legal and legitimate than it ended up being because, of course, the next thing he did was delete that tweet and put up some stupid shill tweet for Safer Mars. So he almost did the right thing and disclosed that he was being paid to shill a garbage project. But he's not alone, and I don't want people to think he is. It's actually a much more kind of insidious thing than something as silly as a celebrity posting about a stupid project, right? To me, this is chartists who are being paid either in equity of the shitcoin or in cash to put a chart up on their Twitter account and be like, oh, wow, this this setup looks great and get a bunch of investors to buy into something so that they could then dump on them. And again, this is not one chartist. This is a lot of chartists that do cryptocurrencies. There's something going on there that is not being disclosed. And if that was to happen in traditional markets, it would be a major problem. Yeah. And I think actually you touched on what part of the biggest moral issue with this is, is that they are trying to create the liquidity for their own dump. They accept a portion of the pre-sale tokens of these low liquidity coins. And then they try to, when it starts to get near a top, convince more people to start buying in by saying, this is a great setup. This is a great coin. This is a great team in order for them to sell their coins, which otherwise they would struggle to do because the coin lacks the liquidity for them to do it. They are taking advantage of their followers followers and making them buy into a position as they are exiting it. Now, BitConnect was a down and out right Ponzi scheme. It might be that some of these people are saying to excuse themselves to you and I, they're not shilling outright Ponzi schemes, that the projects that they're mentioning or naming or whatever they genuinely believe in. What would be a good response to people saying these things about not disclosing either ownership, equity shares, or some other form of having bags? I think fundamentally what it comes down to in traditional markets, there's been this expectation that that would be disclosed. And so if you feel that the project is honestly a good project and that you would be doing this no matter what, then you should have a lot less fears about sharing that you were a paid advisor or that you own a big stake in it because you're doing it because you still honestly believe. And that's why you wanted that big stake of it, right? So I think the fact that they deliberately try to avoid that kind of thing suggests that they recognize at some level of their psyche that they're doing something a little bit wrong, at least. Another point that we wanted to touch on that I think is very important is that there was a Twitter spaces and it seems like since Miami that all has been forgiven and that everything is okay now. And that's a big problem for me because this is not one person, you know, I, I think a lot of people were, were calling out a specific individual in the spaces that was taking place. That individual along with two or three other individuals, but he was the one being mostly attacked and already big accounts were forgiving the other two for their ills. They were letting it go. It wasn't a big deal. Listen, we understand, you know, everybody makes mistakes and that's fine and that's fair. On some levels, apologizing is a good first step, but what we're talking about isn't 
accidentally saying to someone like, I think your shirt makes you look fat. What we're discussing right now is finance. And if someone trusts you and they put their money into something because you're talking about it or you're charting it or your your astrology signs tell you that it's the right thing for someone to purchase, then it's a bigger issue, actually. Well, and I think what you're really getting to here is the reason why there are so many laws governing like who can give financial advice and what it means to be qualified as someone who is supposed to be in legally permitted to be giving that financial advice because it is such an important relationship with so much potential for harm. Yes, and I don't like that a lot of these other influencers who maybe aren't the ones who are doing these shilling things and they're going like, okay, fine, we forgive you now. They're suggesting that they are speaking for the community without reaching out to people who've lost thousands of dollars because of these individuals not disclosing their bags. And they're just saying like, no, everything's cool now. No, everything is not cool now. And you're not the one who should be suggesting that. If this person has really financially ruined enough people, actually, it turns out like the court of law is where that's going to be decided, not on a Twitter spaces. And I think related to that, there's a certain number of influencers and people who've been in the space for a while who see that kind of thing as so obvious that if you buy into it, you almost deserve what happens to you. And so if you're going to be buying something because some random person on Twitter said it, well, maybe you deserve to lose some of your money. And they excuse a certain amount of the behavior as like, uh, it's crypto, it's unregulated, this is all brand new. I guess you shouldn't have bought cum token. Yeah, and there's also this rite of passage thing that seems to be a a combination of factors here where they're like, one, a rite of passage is that you have to start, you're going to start buying shit coins and realize that it's a mistake and come back to Bitcoin. But then the other one is that they suspect that a lot of people will do some stupid chartist thing or do some some crappy I'm starting a telegram with secret signals or whatever they expect that some people might do this stuff knowing that also is just a rite of passage if you're not a scammer you'll stop doing that eventually and I'm just like man those are wacky rites of passage I know you said we weren't naming names, but I'm going to name a couple names because what you just said reminded me so much of the Brad Mills tweet in response to the Max Kaiser stuff where Max Kaiser went and spouted his mouth off and someone else pointed out that Max had done some pretty scammy things back in like 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. Brad Mills' response was, man, that was 2014. Everyone was scamming back then. So there is a certain like belief that... A certain amount of scamming is expected and should be excused in crypto. Which is insane. And this is something that I, again, am going to put out there that you random dudes with 15,000 followers or 50,000 or 100,000 followers don't get to decide if someone's scamming someone else. Oh, it happened years ago, so it's fine. That just is not how reality works, my dude. Yeah, and 2014 was less than a decade ago. (laughs) Like, that would still show up if you had declared bankruptcy that year on your credit report. Like, is scamming people less significant than bankruptcy? (laughs) We should stop talking about it because it happened a while ago is also a very weird idea that anyone should be suggesting. Why? We'll turn to Max since that's kind of who we're talking about here. Has he ever come out and apologized for that? Admitted he did wrong? Tried to make it right? No. And that's the other thing is like, 
if you did it and you did a bad thing and you try to make it right, that's proof of your growth as a person. And that's something we probably want to support. But if you're just like, I'm sorry, forgive me now so I can do it again, that's much less genuine. Yeah. And that's kind of the the vibe I'm getting from the cryptocurrency crowd in general is this, uh, I'm sorry, that was a stupid thing for me to do anyway. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So first of all, that was like a really short apology. But second of all, I still don't think that the right thing there is to be like, okay, well, I apologize. Let's sweep this under the rug and move on. Like, no, if you've made a point of pumping and dumping on your followers, you need to figure out a way to make that right I don't know what that would mean. I I suspect you couldn't just hand out cash to everybody who claims it, right? You couldn't do that. But there must be some way that you could actually right those wrongs. Maybe it means donating to the appropriate charity. Maybe it means signing some contract saying, like, you're never going to do something like that ever again. And the money that you made on those coins is going to go directly to X charity. I want to help figure out a proper solution because I think what I'm seeing from people in cryptocurrency in response to shillfluencers isn't acceptable. Yeah, I think showing effort to change yourself and to right past wrongs is what you're supposed to do as a person when you make a mistake. And I think we haven't seen very much of that. Another thing I kind of want to touch on, though, is how similar some of what these shills are doing. It's how it reminds me of some of the VC firms I remember watching back in the 2017 Bullven. Many of these firms would get huge, like 90 percent discounts in the pre-sale. As soon as it started listing, would still be putting out positive reports. Meanwhile, the entire time they're reducing their position and they're selling off some of the token and making money while they're still issuing these positive reports. And it's fundamentally the same structure that these shillfluencers are using just with the veneer of legitimacy because it's done by a venture capital firm. It's an excellent point. And a lot of these shillfluencers also got in on pre-sales, right? Just because they're big names. And all of them mentioned, I think that they automatically, if you're in on a presale, like you're, you're automatically 10 to 100 Xing, which I don't know, Bennett, I understand it. It's like a VC thing, but it is mind bending and sad that people think that that's okay. It doesn't matter if you're a VC or a shilling asshole with a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. Either way, it's so morally bankrupt. And to think also simultaneously, because I'm sure this is how they're all thinking, is that you're absolutely providing value to the world, which is so utterly insane. I'm going to make the categorical statement that if you are guaranteed a 10x or 100x return, you are taking advantage of someone. The money's coming from somewhere. That system is so broken. And it's not broken because the system is totally wrong. It's broken because humans are willing to make those kind of decisions and be morally bankrupt for their entire lives for money. Jeff Skilling, the only thing that motivates people is money. Maybe he had a bigger point than we realized. (laughs) He's not wrong. The reality is that the solution here is going to be regulation. And we're seeing a little. And I hope that shillfluencers, celebrities, anyone who's doing this kind of bullshit is taking notes on what's happening to Trayvon James and his compadres. And Trayvon made a good point. The people getting screwed right now are not the people who created BitConnect. It's not the executive leadership yet. That might happen one day. But the people getting screwed right now are U.S. referral people. And it might not feel fair, but also they shouldn't have been doing that. And neither should you. 
Yeah, you and I have discussed this before, and that's basically where we ended up with. Trayvon James and people like that are definitely doing something wrong. And it's probably not the worst wrong that people are committing in this space, but that doesn't mean it's not wrong. Sorry, this ended up being our, our next topic of choice, but I felt like it was getting forgotten after Miami. This one felt important to me. So we look forward to talking to you guys soon. Uh.